We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Saint Happy Hour podcast. Ralph Malbro and featuring bloggers Andrew Juge of SaintsNation.com, Kevin Held of the Team Drops the Ball, and Dave Cariello of Canal Street Chronicles. This podcast is nothing but serious football talk and hardcore analysis. Which four of you would survive the longest in the zombie apocalypse? Jesus Christ, we need a which new order, don't we, kids? Well, Ralph, no offense, you're going first. Oh, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. The zombies would sugar blood and target him. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even have a joke, Dave. Dave smells like nougat. Now here's your host, Ralph Malbrook. All right, welcome to Saints Happy Hour podcast. We are sponsored by JLD Hot Sauces and Knives. Guys, they have the best hot sauce. Their award-winning hot sauce, Boot Jolica, comes in hot. Extra hot, my personal favorite, and Thai flavors. They also have Reaper Madness Special Reserve made with real with real Reaper pepper from Carolina. And for the brave, you can get the Death Shot, Andrew. It has extract of 10 chilies in each one-ounce bottle. It'll probably melt your face. JLD also has the highest quality handmade knives you'll find anywhere, including ones for hunting, fishing, and cooking. Go to JLDSharpSauce.com and use the code SAINTS and get 10% off your order today. That's JLDSharpSauce.com. Do them. Jerry is fantastic. All right. Uh, are, are we uh, – this has nothing to do with the Saints, but are we allowed to get more hot sauce? I got- <laughs> you want to- Andrew, Andrew wants more, more, more free yeah. swag from the sponsor. I will uh, email Jerry. I want uh, another. So I, I will tell the listeners that I, I have a pretty high hot tolerance. Like I, I like spicy things. I got the hot, and it is nuclear. It is not for so, the. It is not for. It is not yeah. for the. I like things hot. No, it's it's a man's hot sauce. Like like it, if you go stronger, <laughs> stronger than hot. Make sure that you like being uncomfortable. Um, but it was, but hot, hot was very hot, but incredibly flavorful. It's really, good. really good. I mean, it, it's a labor of love for Jerry, and he, yeah. we're, we're really cool that he's going to sponsor us for a couple months, and we're hoping it'll be long term. And go there, get ten percent off JLD. Like I know they, I know they sponsor us, but like it's I'd have no, I'd have no problem telling you it wasn't any good if I. Yeah. <laughs> like, but he, but, uh, but it, seriously, it's it's delicious it's awesome. it is so dave i didn't get to say it on wwl today because they had technical difficulties and it wasn't my fault that i couldn't do my wow. live shot with eric wow. Wilson, which is rare you'd figure with our podcast with our known issues of audio and whatnot it would be my fault but it was not but i was gonna tell eric that i would have been less surprised about the saints having the uh, number one rush defense in the NFL. My cat starting to quote Shakespeare and ask me for a McKenzie's milk drop would have been less surprising than the fucking Saints having a brick wall of a run defense. Uh, watching the game yesterday, what was your initial thought? But that I just like I couldn't get over it. It was like it was like it was like staring at a beautiful painting that I didn't know existed. Well, I mean, I don't want to like you know toot my own horn or anything, but I mean. Last week during predictions, I mean, this kind of all went. Oh yeah, here how, it comes. How, <laughs> how I planned. Here we go. <laughs> I meant to listen, 
I meant to listen back to last week's podcast before we recorded this one just to see if I can pull some quotable quotes. But, um, I mean, you know, they had the number one rush defense last week this time. Uh, and so I said I think that they should have no issue shutting down Saquon and I said the only way that the Giants, the, I said the only way that the Giants were going to win this game is if Eli played out of his mind and if his offensive line uh, helped him do that. And none of that happened. Um, <laughs> it did. And I also, I think, I think I set a score of thirty-five to thirteen, so I was pretty close on the yeah. score too. Um, so I, this was just uh, this. They, they, the, the only frustrating thing to me about this game is just the red zone issues. I mean. This they, they could have put this game. It took them to the third quarter to really put this game away, but yeah, they could have put this gonna, game. That's going to happen, though, man. I mean, I not, a, not every game you're going to score at will. Is, I, they, I, I understand they that. They still I mean, scored 33. But I exactly, and I and I think that they could have, but but they could have put this game away even earlier. They honestly could have put it away in the second quarter for sure. But at no point bring this game, even in the first second quarter, even after the Giants dro- drove down and scored on their first drive um at no point did i ever really feel like when this was game n- was ever out of control ever out of hand and i felt very confident and that's exactly the way i thought this game was going to go this is going to be a game i said last week finally we were going to get a game where we weren't going to have to bite all of our fingernails off till the very end of the game and this was exactly that yeah, I game they i didn't have they didn't play yeah they just played a I didn't solid have excessive game. drink in this game I didn't. They played a solid game, and when and when your defense plays well, I, I mean the the big story here is is the defensive bad. You know the pass rush was great, um, but the finally our DBs was the pass well, not, rush okay, not great. great. Okay, but, no, it was, but I mean it's it's it's. They got home twice on linebacker blitzes. Well, okay, but I mean, but the secondary has finally, um, you know, been playing much better, and I mean, you know, it's good to it's good to see them. You know, we're heading in the right direction. We, we, we should be concerned if it started off good and got worse. But, I mean, you know, the team is growing and it's getting better. And, I mean, I think you have to be happy at, at what we're seeing um, on a week-to-week basis. And it yes. makes it a lot easier. When your defense plays well, you know the Saints' offense is going to get get it done. If they don't get it done in the first quarter, you know they're going to get it done the second, the third, the fourth. Um, as long as the defense can hold a team to – That's right you know, to 15 points or less or whatever, the Saints are going to win almost every one of those games. All right. Yeah. I, I have three three quick comments here. My first one is that I was completely wrong. Uh, I, thought, I thought this was the game where the Saints would lay an egg and get blown out. Now, I w- will say I the offense did kind of lay an egg in the first half. They were 1 for 8 on third downs, 0 for 4 in the red zone. Uh, not cashing on that Lattimore turnover was inexcusable. Um, the drops by Ben Watson and the drop by Camara were awful. I mean, the drop um, by Camara is heartbreaking because yeah, because you wanted the uh, uh, yeah. But uh, so 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 you know the offense did lay an egg. What surprised me was that how well the defense played. You know, there was that first drive where they were throwing opposite Lattimore as we expected on pretty much every play, and they went right down the field and scored. Um, and really, it wasn't till the fourth quarter, I think, until the defense gave up another scoring drive after that. So, what, what, so, so that was good. Uh, the second, the second comment I have um, is that you know it's interesting. We've talked all off season. Like, how are they going to replace Mark Ingram? They had Terrence West, and they had Vereen. <laughs> and this is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives... There's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, 
than in a standard setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. I thought it was going to be Boston Scott, and they had all these different guys. And then they called up Dwayne Washington, and they picked up Gillisley. And, yeah. and so they thought it was going to be all those guys. And you know how they ended up replacing Mark Ingram? <laughs> they replaced him by having Zach Line in the game on third downs to help with blocking when they needed protection. And they used Taysom Hill out of the pistol for a run option on short down. And they so gave Kamara 25% more touches. Zach line and Taysom Hill. That's, that's how they replaced them. So. <laughs> uh, and, the third, and uh, you know, the last thing I was going to say is, you know, Dave, Dave was right. And I think, um, you know, moving forward, I think it's fair to ask ourselves the question, do we have an exceptional run? Defense here, right here, that was my next question, Andrew. At what point, because because obviously, look, they struggled for the most part. They struggled against Tampa. When Tampa got up, they stuffed them. But but at that point, we were like, look, it doesn't matter because Tampa was up. Of course, you can stop the run when, when the team's melting the clock. But Cleveland kept running the ball into a brick wall, even though the Saints showed that they were stopping it. Atlanta, Atlanta bailed out on it early because they have Matt Ryan and all the good receivers, right? But the Giants Freeman, kept Freeman on. Freeman wasn't there, too. Yeah, but the Giants kept on doing it, kept on doing it. When do teams, you think, Andrew, go into games and say to themselves, yeah, we can't really run in the Saints. We, we're going to have to chuck it all over the place. Like, when does that – when do teams accept that the Saints' run defense is actually good? Like, how many more weeks is it going to take? Yeah, I mean, that's a good question. Um, you know, with Alex Smith at quarterback um, and uh, what I view as not great receivers, uh, I still think the Redskins' offense is kind of predicated on running the football. And with a hundred and twenty-year-old Adrian Peterson, yeah, who's been actually playing pretty well. Um, he, played one, so, he had one good game. Let's be real. Yeah, maybe, but I mean, you know, one good game is surprising for him at this point. <laughs> uh, so. But even when they're not giving him the ball, you know, they've got a couple other decent backs. Chris Thompson's a guy they love to throw the ball to. In fact, he's their leading receiver in catches. Um, So I I just think, I mean, you look at the number one pass catcher on the the Redskins, it's Thompson with 20 catches. The number two receiver for them is Jordan Reed with 14 catches. So you have to go all the way down to Paul Richardson, their best receiver with nine catches. They paid a lot of money for that dude too, I think. They did. And, and you know, they, they have Jamison Crowder and they, Crowder makes me a little nervous because he can stretch the field and he's kind of quick. But, um, you know, uh, Alex Smith is not kind of a big arm quarterback. And th- this is kind of a possession offense similar to the Giants, except maybe less explosive with their receivers. So, yeah. I don't think I don't think they match up very well with the Saints. Here, Dave, uh, the only person that seems to uh, want more Taysom Hill than the Saints fans is Sean Payton. Like, it's getting to where like the, I mean, I saw him. He was blocking. They were running it. Like he's doing everything. Like, uh, what's the what's the next evolution for him? Is it is he going to slide into like one particular role, or you always think it's going to be this hodgepodge Swiss Army knife sort of thing, or is it going to be more? Or is he or, or is he going to slide into your DMs? Oh, he can slide <laughs> into my DMs. I won't lie. I love the Taysom Hill show. I love it. Um, I, I gotta admit, I mean, I, I cannot believe that he is used as much as he is. I mean, what? Well, seriously, what percentage of the total offensive plays was he in? Has anybody looked at the snap counts? Yeah, it wasn't as much as you'd think. It was like 17% of the plays, something like that. Really? Oh, yeah, that is surprising. No, it certainly felt like a lot That's a crazy, that's a crazy, they played two quarterbacks on 17% of the plays. That's crazy, you know? Um, But I was was really pissed at Kamara. It's hard. Uh, you know, only for a moment. It's really hard to stay mad at Alvin, but I was really pissed at him when he 20, dropped that. Sorry, twenty-one percent. 
of plays. That's, that's, all right, that's, that's one fourth of the plays. It's a quarter 15, of the plays. 15 plays, 21%. I mean, that's a quarter of the plays. Um, but I was really pissed when Kamara dropped that pass. It was a beautiful pass. He dropped it in perfectly. Uh, it was right where it needed to be. Um, but like this was really crazy. <laughs> this was really the first game. This was, I, I'm pretty sure that this was the first game where they let him throw the ball. Yeah. Uh, both yeah. on the fake punt and at the goal line. Prior Correct. to that, prior to that, he was only running it. So, you know, right there, you can sort of see the evolution of trust in him. Um, Yep. And I, because I've been waiting for him to throw the ball because well, that's, here, the, that's the one, that's the one Taysom Hill, you know, fake out that they haven't done yet. Here, and so, I mean, but th- this is this is the great thing about, about Taysom Hill and being in the game. And I mean, it, this is, this was said by, uh, can't remember the guy on 1280 AM, but like, if, if you've got Taysom Hill, Hill and Drew Brees checked into the game, uh, and you've got Taysom Hill, uh, you know, and shotgun or whatever at the goal line, and he's taken the, the snap. I mean, a, a, a defense has to be thinking this could go any number of different ways. I mean, one, he could just throw the ball because he's a decent passer. Uh, two, if you do like a handoff, I mean, if you do a, a play action, if you start it off with a play action, you don't know whether he's going to keep it. You don't know whether he's going to hand it off to the running back. Uh, and then if he keeps it, is he going to be the one that's running it? Or is he going to pass it? I mean, he it's just so... Uh, it, it's it's just perfect. He's like the perfect decoy. He's he's more perfect than you know. We used to talk about this about Reggie Bush. Oh, you put Reggie Bush out there. Remember when all those guys always used to analyze it? Oh, you put Reggie Bush. Oh, now you put him out wide. Now you don't know what he's gonna do. You know, blah blah blah. But Taysom Hill is even more of a decoy because Reggie Bush was never passing the ball. It is true. It is true. Or blocking. He could be a blocker too. He might just be out there to block. Here. Here's a here's a, a a a film nerd question, Andrew, for you, that I that I have while I was I was thinking today when I was driving home, with the Saints having Taysom Hill as the punt protector, and they have him, he's just not like he's not a thing where they try to sneak him into the game as the punt protector to trick teams. Like he's the punt protector like every single snap, right? Mm-hmm. So what does that do to to the return team? When they know that he's the punt protector on every play, and he's an actual quarterback that can run a four-three or whatever and throw the ball, how does it change teams? The return, the return game for for teams. Yeah, I mean it's one more thing for the now. Now that Justin Hardy's caught a pass, that's one more thing for the Jammers to basically have to prepare for. So. Not only are they trying to block the guy from going downfield, but they have to make sure he's not running a route. So, uh, you know, it's almost like you have to cover them. So I think it actually makes Thomas Morstead's job a lot easier because I think if the jammers are basically being covered like the receivers or that's in the back of the mind of the jammer, then the gunner is able to get downfield and, um, you know, may face less blocking, basically. So I think it makes... Thomas Morstead's job a little bit easier. It makes the punt cover- coverage possibilities. I, I, I just think, you know, it, it helps in that way. But then now, like, it's not just he could take it, – it's not just you can put a spy on him and he might take the snap and you put your fastest special teamer in the box to make sure that he's chasing him sideline to sideline. Like, it's now it's multiple because he might throw. And the Saints have made it clear they will throw <laughs> – if, if he doesn't feel like he can get the first down with his feet. So, um, I mean, man, it's tough to cover. It's, it's awesome. It's amazing that the Saints have this option. Yeah, and I mean, the thing is, they showed it when they played Atlanta with bad defense. Like, all it takes is when they run that read option for defensive end to come in too hard on the, the, fake, the fake handoff to Kamara and – Taysom Hill is going to get the corner, and he's just not – he's not like a regular quarterback where he's like, oh, he can get the corner and get you 15 yards. Like, if he gets the corner, he'll fucking take it to the house, which, I mean, I feel like Taysom Hill mania, if he does something on Monday night, like, it, it could become, Dave, like a national thing. I know the Saints not aren't quite a national team, but if Taysom Hill goes crazy on Monday night and scores a touchdown some kind of way, like – 
it could become like a national thing where he starts getting featured on like the, the the Ringer website or CBS Sports Line or Sports Illustrated or other things. Like it, we're we're, we're this close to Taysom Hill mania going national, aren't we? Yeah, um, you know they'll have. I'm sure they'll have a lot of background info on him. Uh, ready to use as soon as he does something exactly. good. And, the Monday night, uh, by the way, Jason Witten is fucking terrible. <laughs> yeah, I don't like either of these guys. Monday night football is really. Hey, really how's, our, uh, the, the how's our friend Zach Reef doing? Have you been listening at all, Dave? I, I listen. He's know. he's he. I listen because I you know you get when you you buy the preseason you get the, the you get the all twenty two but you can go back and listen. I've gone back and listen. He seriously, and I don't say this just because he's a guest on the podcast. Like he's gotten. So much better, and he's he's he he's not Henderson, but you can't. I I I refuse to judge him against Jim Henderson. But he's as he's 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 plenty fine enough as a play-by-play guy. He's getting like, better. Like he's is, is he is he delivering on the quality that you would expect out of like say Sean Kelly? Uh, I would say he's a, when I listen to I listen to uh the Atlanta game again. He's he's a little bit. He's a little bit slow to, in my mind, to sort of process all the information. But I think it just takes reps, man, to get the down and distance, to get the injuries, to get the formation, like to get it all in. It's just he. Yeah, it's and just, you're listening. I mean, he said this on the podcast. You're listening to like seven people in your ear at the yeah, same time. Yeah, it's just like he's just like he. But he's, but he's to me, he's getting. I listened to that, and I listened to a little bit of the first game. Like he's just a lot. It's it's a lot better. It's a lot quicker. But he's still, he's still a little bit. I think he's still a little bit. He hasn't quite figured out how to jam it all in smoothly, but he's gonna. It's gonna get it. And like I've listened, put it this way, he, he's he's done what eight Saints games already. I can tell mm-hmm. you, he's already better than like other play-by-play guys that I've heard. Well, that's good. So. That's great. Awesome. Uh, so Dave, uh. They're three and one. We'll get to the fun of making fun of Atlanta and the rest of the trash pile in the NFC. But you know, another positive thing. Boy, that is, was that was that was a great little warm up game before the Saints game to watch. <laughs> it was. It was What's that? The the Falcons. Oh yeah. Their defense is fucking terrible. Oh, yeah. It's it's it, it, let me ask you this, Andrew. Do you think the Falcons I mean, defense what, is two thousand twelve Saints bad? Trash. Watching Tampa get trashed, Jameis Winston coming in the game and throwing a pick, Fitzpatrick getting benched after all that Fitz magic stuff, and apparently they're going with uh, Winston this week. So I mean, that was just incredible. Um, but like, I mean, we talked about this. You know, if you don't know, here's my plug: if you donate a dollar, um, then you get to be a patron, and you can listen to our other shows, uh, like a yes. show. Uh, but. Ralph and I had a post-game show after the game, and we talked about how uh, how funny it was that the Falcons gave up a touchdown pass to John Ross, where he basically <laughs> pulled, pulled his hamstring on the play, was it's running so into the end zone with a pulled hamstring, basically limping, and breaks it a tackle. It might be my favorite player, player of the entire tries, NFL Falcons season. Falcons player so tries to tackle him at the five and <laughs> fails to tackle a pulled hammy receiver. And he still gets into the end zone. <laughs> I mean, I mean, their defense. It. I mean, was the 2012 Saints defense the record setter, or the 2015 or 2014? No, no, it was Fags. It was Fags. Twelve. It was 2012. I mean, the the, it, the 15 defense didn't give up as much yardage because there was, you know, Browner had a lot of hidden yards with the penalties. That's true. Which, which I, don't count toward. You know, yards yielded. I mean, the only thing that slowed Cincinnati down was Tyler Eifert broke his leg in a hideous fashion. Oh, yeah, that was and, bad. And and that made Cincinnati not have the tight end to go to, and it slowed them down in the second half. But before that, they were fucking murdering Atlanta in every which way. But back to the Saints, Dave. Uh, Demario Davis at linebacker. He was a guy that the Saints signed, and I was like, eh, that's $18 million for him. That's a lot of money for a linebacker that's bounced around a bunch of teams. And he looked phenomenal yesterday. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. Yeah, no, like I said uh, at the start, you know, this this team and the defense is definitely getting better uh, each week. 
And in addition to the secondary, uh, I think Demario Davis in particular, but the linebackers also in general, um, they have definitely seemed to get better and better each week as it goes on. But yes, definitely Demario Davis for sure. Uh, he was all over the play. Go. Oh, can we talk about? I I loved that Davenport play. Oh uh, yes, we need Davenport. Beat like, the guy and made the tackle on the backfield. Ooh, that was that was a sweet looking I play, mean, boy. How? What's? You, I, I, to me, I'm convinced, Andrew, that Davenport is he's going to be good. It, but it's just a matter of when. Yeah, right? I mean, I'm I'm excited about him. I mean, right now we're getting like one play a game. I feel like there's one, maybe two times a game where he's flashing. Um, I want to. I still am really looking forward to. Eventually, there's going to be a game where he's a left tackle's injured, and he goes up against the backup. I want to see a game where he just wrecks someone. <laughs> I was just I was just really impressed that he made that tackle in open field and didn't allow the back to beat him. I feel like there aren't really many players on the Saints defensive line or even linebackers, hell anybody on the defense um, that would have made that tackle. I don't know. I, I was I, I was very impressed by that play, and that's exactly the kind like- of plays. Oh, I oh, I liked it all right. I mean, watch, watch I, out, Mark Ingram. I'm I'm you know <laughs> I I think Andrew you know we we compared him to Akeem Hicks right. He flashed a bunch his first year, but yeah. I think Davenport's flashed more than Hicks, and I think by November he could be a really really good third down pass rusher. I, Maybe that's being overly optimistic, but I think he can by by November, December, he can be a guy that's a very big threat. And like, I think he's going to end the year with five sacks. He's only going to get better, man. I mean, yeah. that's what you said. I'm just going back to what you said, but that's that's that says it all. I mean, he is, is five is five sacks too optimistic. No, I don't think that's. I mean, I think that's spot on. Um, you know, I think does he? He has one now, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I think, you know, if, if you were to say yeah, that's one after the first quarter of the season, you know, uh, over 16 games, that would be four sacks. I, I think he's going to ramp it up a little bit as the season goes. Dave, your boyfriend is back. He's He is back. So... Uh, obviously, he's going. He was to, he was waiting at the airport for the like team to arrive. Saints fan. He's just <laughs> like us. That's awesome, by the way. That is. And he look, had flowers <laughs> and, a, and a big sign. <laughs> and he, you know, like uh, what's that movie? Uh, Love Actually. They're playing the music. Yeah. He's he's hugging each player as they come in. Yeah. Uh, but uh. Obviously, he's the first play. I think is a screen pass to Ingram against the Redskins. There's no doubt in my mind. But uh, Kamara has been so phenomenal, Dave. Are you just a little bit sad that his carries and touches are going to be reduced? I'm glad you asked this because I was thinking about this on my way home. Actually, Um, I mean, are are we just? I'm not sad that about Kamara. I mean, you know. Kamara's going to do Kamara things, and he's going to be amazing. Um, I was just wondering, like, is is there any concern? Should we be concerned at all about Ingram coming back and just kind of messing with the rhythm and the flow that this offense has gotten? Um, You know, Andrew was saying earlier, you know, you know they've replaced Ingram with Zach Line and and uh, and Taysom Hill and all that, but uh, you know it, it, it'll be great to have a, a running back who can really run between the tackles and all that stuff. But um, at the same time, I mean, this offense has been pretty much getting it done. Yeah, uh, but I, I saw Kamara has playing out of his mind. I, I guess my concern is is like, is this going to affect Kamara's? Just, you know, just watch him in the fourth quarter, Dave. You're going to see angry Ingram in the fourth quarter of this game. Well, that and that would be good, and that's definitely yeah. What and here's here's need. here's the thing. I saw I, two. I saw two carries against Kamara. the Giants that Gillisley had, and he runs the ball so afraid of fumbling. Ingram would have had a twenty yard gain game. on one of the plays that. Gillisley got like seven. You know? 
that's that's my thought. All right. Well, I mean, I'm just, I'm, you know, just, I mean, you know, Kamara's gotten into a rhythm, and Kamara yeah. has been doing oh. very well, being the number one guy on this offense. And I mean, and not that I think the... he's a, je- a jealous type or anything like that, but, uh, and... but, but I mean, but it could screw, it could mess up with the rhythm somehow of this well, offense. Here... I, I don't know. I don't know. Here's the the best shot, the best picture I saw. You know, Kamara ran in the tunnel and made Giants fans mad because he was like, the game's over, I'm just going to run in the tunnel. What I didn't realize was Michael Thomas went with him, and they have a <laughs> shot of them in the tunnel. And it is magnificent, and Giants, if you didn't fucking like it, you should have stopped him from running for a 49-yard touchdown, and then you wouldn't have the problem of him running into the tunnel, into the locker room. Um... But, Andrew, the Giants actually, I think they were the first team on the season to employ what I like to call the Michael Thomas is not going to crush our soul today. It might be somebody else, but it's not going to be Michael Thomas. And they employed that defense, and it worked for the most part. Um, Is that a defense that other teams can put in place or does the, the Giants have like good personnel because they have physical corners or whatever? Well, Janoris um, Jenkins is a good player, first of all. And, you know, I think sometimes he just had really good coverage on Michael Thomas. And then sometimes they doubled him, especially in the red zone um, to try to take him away. So, you know, I'm, man, I'm still pissed at Ben Watson. Like that, that should have been a catch, but anyway, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's, um, it's one of those things where no, I'm not pissed at him. I'm just, you know, frustrated that that was, I'm sure he's more disappointed than I am and he'll make the catch next time. But I just think, you know, it's a combination of you got to put safety help and you've got to have an exceptional corner. I really think Janoris Jenkins is that. So, you know, they're not going to face a guy every week. I mean, true font is a good corner. He, he, couldn't do anything against Thomas. The thing that's tough about Thomas is that the Saints bring him in the slot a lot, and they bring him on these crossing routes. So if you're really – and Janoris Jenkins did this, but like if you're really going to stop him and blanket him with your best corner, you have to move your corner over to the slot and take him off the edge. And that makes a lot of teams nervous to bring a top corner away from the outside because then all of a sudden you've got – you know, Cam Meredith or Traquan Smith out there one-on-one on the outside with a corner that maybe isn't suited to play out there. So, you know, or a slot corner, you know, a five-nine corner or whatever is, is suddenly on the outside because they're bringing in, you know, their top corner. So I just, I think that's, that's where it, it becomes really tough. You've got to make that decision. Am I going to have a guy that follows Mike Thomas around everywhere? And if you do that, I just think it leaves you really exposed. Now, I don't think, especially in the first half, Breeze played really very well. I, I thought he missed a couple throws. And, you know, give the Giants credit, I thought their defense was pretty solid. But I just think you bring the Saints back into the dome and, you know, if they're at home and there's no crowd noise, like, there's just no way that's ever going to work. I, I think if the Giants had played the Saints in New Orleans with no crowd noise, I, I just think... Cam Meredith and Ben Watson and would have had a ton of plays in that game. Yeah. Is Ben Watson in Sean Payton's doghouse now? I mean, this is like the second one. He's like he screams uh, at him every week, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he, you know, they, they showed it on the on the broadcast of Peyton, you know, giving him that evil eye. It's the same evil eye I saw saw him give Watson after well, he missed look, that. Playoff Josh Hill was available. Playoff Josh Hill was uh, was made a little appearance. Month. Sunday, Sunday, you know, yeah, and if came up a little bit, showed out a little bit, if he's going to catch three for 60 every week, I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility that he starts getting some snaps from Ben Watson, although Josh Hill can't block as well as Watson. Right, well, Hill, Hill, no, he can, he can. Josh Hill's a good blocker. And um, actually Watson had more, uh, I'm sorry, Hill had more snaps than Watson this past week. Uh, if you look at the snap count, Hill had more. So, um. Yeah, I mean, they get to a point here pretty soon where Josh Hill is the starter at tight end, and I think he maybe should be. And look, I, I mean, I don't do the player grades anymore. My guess is that Watson, it, it kind of feels like he deserves a C average right now. I mean, he's made some plays. He, he's been nice. 
he did have one catch that was phenomenal in that game. So, you know, he, he's made some good plays. And then I think there's been other plays where he hasn't been so great. And so he, he's been a mixed bag a little bit. Um, but I still just think Watson is due to have a really good game and he's still capable of doing that. So I, I don't think we've seen the best of him yet. I, I still think he's due to have a game, but you know, it's funny, like they have a lot of mouths to feed. I mean, Sean Payton talks about how he wants to get the ball to Traquan. They haven't really done that. Yeah, Cam thanks, Sean. You're killing me. Cam Meredith starting to get involved a little bit. You haven't cut him yet? No, I paid $15. He's never getting cut. I'll, <laughs> I'll ride that horse till the end. So, you know, and, and now you bring Mark Ingram in. You know, they still probably want to keep Taysom Hill involved. Um, obviously, Kamara and Thomas are always going to get their touches, but... It's going to be interesting to watch. I mean, if there's one guy that can figure it out, it's Sean Payton. Yeah, the interesting thing, Dave, that uh, I was thinking about today, too, is the Saints' defensive line, we talked about the run defense. It, it's very strange to say, but they're, like, kind of ridiculously deep at defensive tackle. I mean, they, Tyler Davison came back, Sheldon Rankins, Onyemata. I mean... They're not Taylor Stallworth looks pretty pretty darn good. I mean, and they traded the dude to Cleveland uh, for the seventh round pick, who everybody loved. Uh, like this group, Dave, this might be the best group of defensive tackles that they've had since at least two thousand nine, right? Yeah, well, no shit, Sherlock. I mean, there's a reason why they're number one at defending the run so far. I mean, they're not just doing that. They're not just pulling that out of their ass. Just like they're Guys all of a sudden not going to. Yeah, I mean, you know, come on. Uh, you know, A, a yeah, equals B or to, one plus one equals two. Defensive tackle before. I mean, they, remember, remember right. in 2011, they had Obreo Franklin and they had uh, the other right. fat so dude. What's, right. So what's surprising here is not that they're so good against the run with these guys. What's so surprising is that they found all these guys and they're on the team at the same time together. Yeah, but I mean they've. But my point is like they've they've tried this before, Andrew, to invest in defensive tackle and it just hadn't worked. You know, Sean Rogers was the other fat dude that was terrible. Yeah. On yeah. 2011. No, by the way, also by the no way, no one's no also, one's amazing, but everyone. It's just really solid. It's a good collection of guys. By by the way, by, by the way, it also highlights once again why the Saints should have never paid Nick Fairley. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. I, you know, you know, I love that. You know what made me like, that, that money away. They pit, well, man, all, the, the the amount of strippers and blow I could have done with all that money. <sighs> um, you know what made me absolutely sick about that first half. The Saints getting four field goals and no touchdowns. It, it's that it was against BW Webb. I know. <laughs> I forgot about. I mean, BW. I was just like, are you kidding me? Like they he can't. A, they can't tool a guy for seven. He he has a place in my heart though because his twenty, the Saints twenty fifteen win against San Diego, where he intercepted it and wrapped it up. The one of the great comebacks in Saints history. He'll always have a warm place in my heart, even though he was terrible. Like that'll that'll be in my memory forever, BW. Uh Andrew, back to the defensive line. Sheldon Rankins is one of those dudes on Saints Twitter has a divisive opinion about him because he was a number one pick and he doesn't have a lot of sacks and he doesn't seem to create a lot of pressure, but he's really sturdy against the run. What are you seeing out of him? Sorry, out of who? Sheldon Rankins. I feel like uh, people Rank fight about him a lot on Saints Twitter. Yeah, yeah. No, I think a lot of people, the, the smart people on Twitter, really like what they've seen from Rankins. Um, so, you know, I think a lot of times as a defensive tackle, it's really hard to get a sack because if you're getting initial pressure up the middle, first thing a quarterback is going to do is, is try to escape the pocket. And usually that redirects into sacks for defensive ends. Um, but that doesn't mean you're not playing well. You know, I think sometimes you'll notice guys like Khalil Mack creating sacks for his defensive tackles, you know, because you know, if you get a ton of edge pressure and the quarterback steps up in the pocket, then sometimes you'll see. And, and uh, uh, Tyler Davidson's sack was, was an example of that in this game where, 
the defensive tackle kind of gets a garbage sack because there was initial pressure for Cam Jordan. So like that, it's kind of that's that's how it works. And I think that's kind of what's going on a little bit with Rankins right now is that is, is first of all he's playing his run gaps really well. Um, you know, really since that first drive against the Bucks, where I thought the the run gap assignments they they just were really poor. Um, it's been fixed ever since. So um, give him credit there. I, I think he's doing a good job. And he just seems strong at the point of attack. So um, I don't know if that's working in the weight room, but he's always been a little undersized and criticized for his run stopping ability. But he looks strong and stout to me. And uh, I think his initial pressure has been good. I mean, it's kind of unlucky that he hasn't really had the sacks to show for it. But uh, I think he'll, he'll get some here pretty soon. But he's playing well. He looks good. All right, now it's time for the uh, Saints Hot Take of the Week. Saints Happy Hour. The, the Saints Hot Take of the Week is sponsored by JLD. Hot sauces and knives. Knives, guys. They have the best hot sauce. Their award-winning hot sauce. Boot Jolica comes in hot, extra hot. My personal favorite. Thai flavors. Go to JLD Hot Sauce. JLDSharpHotSauce.com and use the code SAINTS and get 10% off your order. That's JLDSharpSauce.com. Dot com. Andrew, the hot take of the week is me and you and Dave. We're going to argue about going Over for two week. when you're up 15. Me and you argued the entire third quarter, which proves my point that it didn't fucking matter if we're just arguing about a two-point conversion instead of actually watching the game. Your argument is basically the Saints went up and they kicked the extra point to go up 16. And your argument was they should have gone for two and be up 17 because then if you're up 17, you're up three scores. Instead of 16, you're up two scores. Uh, explain yourself. Yeah, I mean, I, I just felt like at that point in the game, you, you basically have a choice. You're, you, you can and you're, you go up 16 or you go for two and you make it, you're up 17. You miss it, you're up 15. So really, the options here are 15, 16, or 17. Okay. This is what? This is the third quarter we're talking about? Yeah. Uh, it was approaching the fourth, though. I mean, late it was, yeah, it was, yeah, it was, it was late, a score third. to make it 25 to 10. Andrew's right. saying Saints should have gone to two for two to make it 27. Yeah, my, my right. point here is at that stage of the game, it, 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 the Giants may not see the ball again three times. They, they may not get three more possessions. So if you go for two and you make it, the game is ostensibly over. Now, I, I said that, and I was mad on Twitter. I was like, how could you not go for two there? And, you know, I, a lot of people on Twitter are saying, oh, but it's so hard to go score two touchdowns and go for two twice. Well, you know what? They scored once, and they scored that, that two-pointer pretty darn easy. And dude was <laughs> wide open. So, and, and that made it an eight-point game. And, and so, I mean, you know, then uh, Kamara ripped that long run, and it was fine. But, like, I was nervous there because the Saints were up eight and it was a one possession game. And, and Ted Ginn had the ball, the kickoff bounce off his face. Yeah, like it. Well, man, we'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll get to that. But I just felt like the Giants were still in the game because of that decision. And yes, it would have forced them to go for two twice and convert. But I just feel like at 15, they still have to go for two once at least. And if you miss and if you make it, you're basically putting the game away. And I, I just think on the road, like you go for the kill. Dave, your thoughts. I, I think the difference here between me and Andrew, and I mean, Andrew is certainly correct. You can't, you can't argue the math on this. You know, that would be silly. I think the only thing you can argue is uh, the emotion that comes into play with this. And, I think Andrew's key word that he said was he was nervous, and that's the difference. I never felt like the Saints had this game out of hand. I never felt like the Giants were going to come back. Uh, I it, it, So it just seemed, and I'm assuming this is kind of how Peyton felt at the time, but I think it was just a routine extra point because they really weren't even thinking about the possibility of the Giants coming yeah, I, back because they felt like the game was well within hand uh, at that point, late in the third, early in the fourth. And and just the way the whole game was going and the way they were playing and the way the Giants were playing. But you can't go based on – I mean, you've got to still be mathematical about your decisions there. You're, 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 you're probably think, right. And, and, and also, 
using my argument and saying, hey, we're not even worried about the Giants coming back, then that actually that gives you more reason to say, you know what, screw it, let's go for two just for the hell of it. We got nothing to lose. Well, if, we don't get, if we don't get that one extra point, if we, get, if we lose out on all of the extra points, it doesn't matter because we think the Gi- we're going to beat the Giants anyway. I think the reason why it, Sean Payton, if you, if you asked him why he didn't go for two, because if you're up 16, Andrew – in that point of the game, late third quarter, there is zero chance that the Giants can beat you. If you go for two and miss, and you're only up 15, they could score, go for two, score late, go for two again, and beat you like the Raiders did to open the season 2015. Now, I don't think, I'm like Dave, I didn't think that was going to happen. I never. Once it got to be 19-7, to 7, I never thought for a second the game was in doubt. You really think they would go for two and not just kick? And I mean, overtime? but the thing is, you, you open that possibility. If you're up 26-10, to 10, there's zero chance of that happening. You know, I, I, I'm le- you know, the more I think about it, I lean towards your theory of you get I, a free think, chance think, to wrap up the I, game. I think it's – Why not take it? I think it's a math thing. Like, I, I really just think, like, when you look at how much time's left, you got to think, you got to be thinking, what are the odds they're going to get the ball three times? Like, based on the amount of time that's left yeah. in this game. And if the odds are they're probably not going to get the ball three times, then go for two because it, the game is over. Like, yeah, I, I, I like I, I'm for the Saints going for two more just because I think you put Taysom Hill in the game with Kamara. Like, I think that play is almost unstoppable. Like, because it doesn't matter if they yeah. have the right angle. Kamara can get to the fucking corner anyway. You know, now I want I wonder, you know, if it had been the Falcons and, you know, how successful the Saints were moving the ball against them. I mean, I wonder if I wonder if that played into it, that they felt like the Giants. Giants were doing a good job in the red zone, and and you know, basically oh, yeah. their their tight package, you know, their short yardage package was giving the Saints problems. That's true. All right, uh, got some questions on the Twitters, people. And by the way, Andrew mentioned it before. Donate, become a patron. You get extra shows. We give you two extra shows a week, sometimes three. We gave you we give you two during the week, and we usually give you the pregame. And a post game usually, so you can have up to four extra shows a week, and it's only a dollar. Or you can donate three dollars and twenty eight cents and get a magnet. Twelve dollars get a t shirt. Uh, twenty five dollars you could be. Uh, the Saints are two and zero, by the way. When I wear the uh, podcast t shirt, yes. See, the podcast t shirt is magical. All you have to do is donate for uh seven months, twelve dollars, you get a free t shirt, and you can wear it and impress all your friends. Um, so we have questions, Dave, this is a great question. I, I, I wrote it. I, I remember it, but I don't know who sent it, but it's fantastic. What amazing feat is Taysom Hill going to do next? Is he going to deliver a baby during the Redskin game? Is he going to pilot the saints flight, uh, safely when the pilot has a heart attack? Uh, which he's going to heal things? Mike Westhoff's limp. Yes. Which three of those things is he going to do? <laughs> That's the one uh, he's going to do. He's going to cure Mike Westhoff's whatever his bum leg. <laughs> he's, he's just going to lay hand, he's going to lay hands on him after running back a kickoff. You know, yeah. Yeah. <sighs> All right. He's going to um, turn his cane into a lollipop. Oh. <laughs> All right. I got to pull up the questions. You're making me laugh too hard. Um. By how we'll get to the, the Redskins prediction in a minute. Um, who's going to be the first guy uh, to buy Taysom Hill's jersey of the three of you? Uh, me, probably. Definitely. I don't know. I don't know. I, I feel like all three of us are riding this hard. I mean, I, I, I honestly th- don't know who's having the most fun. I mean, Ralph, you can vouch for my texts a couple weeks ago. It is. I mean, I, I love Taysom Hill because, one, he's already given me two columns, uh, one in the preseason, one last week. Uh, plus, he gives me tons of jokes. Uh, plus, Eric Paulson and me uh, have an equal man crush on Taysom Hill, so that's fun to talk about. I, I The Taysom Hill experience is just it's phenomenal. The thing is, I worry about buying the jersey because what's his contract status? Like, I hate to invest in the jersey and then have him leave or something. Like, uh, that worries me. 
I think he's got one more year and then he's a restricted free agent. Yeah, I think he could be. I think he's a guy that he might stay with the Saints for a while because, like, like where else is do, he? Do you think? Do you think doing all this has earned him a chance to actually be the actual heir to Drew Brees? No, absolutely not. Not with Bridgewater. I, I think. I think. What I do think is that we could have a scenario in the future where um, the Saints have a two quarterback system. Oh, that with sounds a, awful. Please, please tell that me that sounds that's not amazing. Happening. I, I oh, think that it sounds, sounds awful. awesome. Oh. I mean, you what, could do what, it, what's you the could saying? Do it like 70 30. I mean, they kind of do now, right? What's the saying? If you've got two quarterbacks, you've got no quarterbacks? No, but you, you don't, the don't thing you is, think is they you, you, have a you could, you could, right now? You could get you could get Taysom Hill to thirty five percent of the plays and Bridgewater to sixty five percent, and you could have some fucking fun there, man. I mean, they just did it. They just did it against the Giants. That was a two quarterback system, Dave. That was that was not a two quarterback. That, that he threw was two passes, and he took like how many snaps out of the shotgun in the run option? I know that, but I'm talking about a true. Two quarterback system is where okay, you've got okay. two quarterbacks under rephrase. center 50% of the time. Let, let, me, let me rephrase. I think there is a future where Teddy Bridgewater is the quarterback and Taysom Hill continues to have this annex role. And maybe he's, instead of 21% of the snaps, maybe he's in on 37% of the snaps. I don't know. That's a right, lot of but, snaps, though. 37% yeah, is a lot of snaps. Yeah. Uh, this is a good question from Eric. Last last month's patron spotlight winner. We'll have another Eric. winner in October. If you donate five dollars a month, you can be a patron spotlight winner and get interviewed by me and have your own little podcast. Uh, this is from him. Who's the opponent, Andrew, to bottle up all our weapons only to get hit in the face with a Zach line triple touchdown game? <laughs> Uh, what do I have to do? Pick an opponent? Yeah, I think it's Dallas. It's like do they, yeah, Dallas, I was just about to ask. Do they play the Cowboys this they year? They do. On a yeah, Thursday night. I mean, you know Sean Payton saving the Mike Carney special for them. <laughs> another, fr- another friend of the podcast. Uh, this is from Chris, Dave. Will a Camara Taysom Hill co-MVP award be yet another media snub to Breeze as the true GOAT? Wait, I think he wants you to repeat yourself there. Oh, will the Camara Taysom Hill co MVP award be yet another media snub to Breeze oh. as the true goat? <laughs> um, no, <laughs> no, because the media is obviously still paying attention to the Saints. Um, I, I mean, honestly, I think you could make a case for. Uh, probably not Breeze. Breeze probably hasn't done enough yet, but Camara certainly you could make a case for being uh, MVP. I mean, look, Taysom Hill is not going to win. You know he's looking pedestrian tonight. Is uh, yeah, Mahomes. he is. So Camara is moving up the chain. But look, Taysom Hill is not going to win NFL MVP. But as a bet, if the Saints happen, God willing, to make the Super Bowl. Taysom Hill is a tasty fucking bet to be Super Bowl MVP. Like, that, you probably get odds of, like, plus 500, plus 600 for that. That is a real fucking thing that could happen. I mean, it is not out of the realm of possibility, Andrew, that he would run a kickoff back, block a punt, or score a touchdown, and be Super Bowl MVP. Like, that is a, that is a real thing that I would wager money on if the Saints are in the Super Bowl. I like it. All right. Dylan asks, should the Saints kick the tires on Keenan Lewis or Junior Gallette? Dylan, I know you're a patron. <laughs> you're just you're just trolling. He's just trolling. Please no, tell no. me he's just trolling. He's not trolling, but I'm telling you, Dylan, people, if you want to know if Keenan Lewis or Junior Gallette are serious options the Saints could, should consider, you should become a patron, and that way you can listen to Message Board Wednesday. And Message Board Wednesday has all – your hot message board ideas and trades and Saints additions to the roster, like should they bring back Keenan Lewis? But you got to be a patron to get that information. Yeah, um, I'd take Bridgerow. We'll give you some. Yes, it will. Some uh, serious. How, how long until Ralph gets fired from WWL for cursing on live TV? Um, 
I don't have too much problem cur not I'm not going to curse on Channel 4 because Eric it's really early in the morning and I don't get that excited. I worry more about cursing when I go on like radio shows that I'm friendly with like Scott Prather and Lafayette or other people but Scott's so nice enough because me and him goof off so much that he pre-tapes it. So even if I drop an F-bomb, he just dubs it out. Um, but I'm not really worried about cursing with Eric. Although, if the Saints like get their soul ripped out and I'm still hungover, I'd say it's like a 30% chance, Jacob. Only 30%. Um, so, all right, guys. Let's get to the Washington Redskins game Monday night. Dave, Drew Brees is 218 yards away from becoming the, the NFL's all-time passing yardage leader. The Saints are a six-and-a-half point favorite. Who do you got? Ooh, that's a lot of points. It's a lot of points. I was surprised. I was surprised that line was that high. I, was... um, I mean, I don't think it's going to be a cakewalk for the Saints by any means. I think the Redskins certainly, uh, you know, they're a worthy opponent. And I think they're coming off a bye this week, huh? They had an early bye. He certainly um, did. So, um, so they've got a this week, and then they've got the long week. And, and so they've got plenty of time to rest up and get healthy and game plan. Um, so, you know, I, I think defensively, I think for the Redskins, I, I, I don't think that – I don't see the Saints offense, like, totally blowing it out of the water. I do see Drew getting his record, of course. Um, but – you know, I think as long as the Saints get a, a, an early start, get ahead early, um, either take the kickoff and 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 run, and get a touchdown on the first drive, or make a big three and out on the first defensive series, um, just to keep the crowd in it. But I think if the Saints get up early, um, I think on a night, especially with the whole Drew Brees stuff, um, I don't think I don't see the Saints losing. But, uh, you know, that's not to say, you know, if the opposite happens and they get down early, um, you know, this is certainly a game that they could that they could lose. It wouldn't surprise me in the least. Um, I am going to. Well, hey, sorry, but I'm going to, you know, I'm going to say I'm going to say Saints win and I'm going to say uh, I'm going to say everything falls right uh, for the evening and I'm going to say Saints 27 uh, Redskins uh, 20, but that'll be there'll be like a, a garbage touchdown at the end of the game for the Redskins. It'll really be it won't really be that close for most of the night. Um, and uh, you know you got to give the MVP to Drew for breaking the record. I gotta the... barbecue your ass in my I got so Andrew, who you got? Yeah, so I picked the Saints to get rocked this week, and yeah, it, it kind of worked. Wrong, wrong, it worked nicely. Wrong. So I'm I'm nervous. I'm nervous to pick a win. Should I pick them to get crushed again? <laughs> should you pick? You should ride the. Yes. Should, you should ride the L train until the Saints buck you. Yeah, I mean, Opposite. I feel like I, I should do that. I mean, I really think the Saints are going to win this. I, I feel like they're getting better every week. I feel like defensively they figured it out a little bit, and I just think the Dome is going to be so hyped for this Breeze record, and I think the fans are starting to feel a little bit better about the team, and 4-1 and one is in play here. And, um, again, I just don't think the Redskins match up that well. I just think this, their style of offense, if anything, the Saints have had a lot of problems with number two receivers and big-time quarterbacks. So, uh, I mean, Alex Smith presents different problems, but – Saints fans have PSD from 2011 against Alex Smith. I saw people saying, "Oh, Alex Smith, he kills the Saints, man," and I'm like, "Dude, he they they, they killed him in 2007. Alex he Smith barely beat kind of him in 2015. It's just PTSD from 2011." Yeah, I mean, Alex Smith has been a little bit quiet this year. Um, the Redskins, you know, they're two and one, so they've looked okay, but you know, offensively, they've just been kind of average. Defensively. They've been kind of average. Actually, defensively, I'm sorry, they've been really good on that side of the ball. So, but I, they'll be in the dome, and I, I just don't see the Redskins shutting down the Saints. So, I don't think their pass rush is good enough. Um, they do have some good corners, but I, I think Josh Norman's banged up a little bit. So, I, I think the Saints win this one big, guys. 
I, I think it's going to be 38-17 Saints. Ooh, yeah. Who's MVP? I mean, you got to give it to Drew on his big yeah. night. So I'll say 38-17, five touchdown passes for Drew. I was thinking going into last I will week. Say I, Mark, I will say uh, Mark Ingram scores on a screen pass. And uh, Ben Watson scores his first Ooh. touchdown. I was I said before year. last week I thought that the Saints would roll the Giants, and the the Washington game was the game that scared me because it's just like the Saints that Ruby's is going to get the record, and Ellis were all hyped, and then they drop a clunker. But they didn't play that great against the Giants, even though they won. So I just feel like this is going to be one of them prime time Sean Payton special. The Saints are going to. Redskins down and say to America, hey America, the NFC ain't just about the fucking Rams. And I'm going to say Saints 41, Redskins 20, and that 20 is going to be a lot of garbage late. I just think this is this is one of those moments where the Saints are going to they're going to put it they're going to put it to Washington. And uh you know, it's just going to be one of those games where Washington's going to have a couple of screw-ups and the Saints offense is going to be rolling and you know it's just going to get it's just going to get it's going to get out of hand fast and it's going to be a party and Drew Brees is going to break the record and we're going to feel fucking phenomenal on Tuesday morning. So, uh that's my prediction. So, um that wraps it up for today. Uh be a patron. It's phenomenal. Uh so for Dave uh, for Andrew, uh, I'm Ralph. Uh, until next week, the bar is closed. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. <laughs> AutoTrader.